your source for all things Texas Tech. This is the Ask Level Podcast from Double T 97.3. Welcome into the Ask Level Podcast, episode number 23. Alongside Chris Level, I'm Choice Woodman. Glad to have you with us this week once again. And finally, feels like it's been a while. Glad to uh, talk about winning in Texas Tech basketball. A one-in-one week, but coming off most recently, a win in Baton Rouge, where uh, Chris Level was recently. How you doing? Yeah, last, yeah I'm doing good. Uh, yeah, last week was was a weird one, uh, just because that that was kind of a, a low moment, uh, You it felt like, against mm-hmm. West Virginia, where... Yep. You have one of your key guys go down and you you kind of have a uh, the other, I don't know, at least according to the standings. Now, all of a sudden, maybe they're about to catch fire because they're, they're net and they're, some of the data would suggest to you that they are re- really good, um, <laughs> yeah. at least according to what the net rankings are in Ken Palm and those kinds of things, talking about West Virginia. But uh yeah you, you just didn't didn't play well it was it was a bit ugly they kind of ran you off the floor but then you you turn right around in pretty short fashion and you play the what will be your last game in the big 12 sec challenge um and i'll you know i don't mind saying it uh i'll miss that i think tech sure tech basketball will miss it you were seven and three uh in your in your 10 games and i think it provided you with uh along the way in the last decade with some nice resume wins and nice, you know, nice to have Mississippi States and the Auburns and LSUs kind of come into Lubbock, uh, play some home games. Uh, and it was fun, you know, personally, I mean, I got to go to Columbia, South Carolina. I got to go to Fayetteville, Arkansas, uh, Tuscaloosa, Alabama, uh, and then Baton Rouge uh, multiple times. So it's just fun to kind of get out of your, uh, and see something different, if you will. Um but uh, but yeah, I mean it's kind of a kind of an up and down week for for Texas Tech basketball for sure. But uh, nice to win for the it's painful to say, but for the first time in 2023. Whew. I, I yeah. uh, hadn't heard it put that way, but uh, mm-hmm. you're right. First time in 2023, at least you got it in January. At least you didn't go the entire month without it. So yeah. um, Red Raiders get that win against a team that was reeling just like Texas Tech, um, and you did it without. Pop Isaacs or Fardaz Amax. So uh, impressive there. Felt like, you know, I, I I wondered after what we saw on Wednesday with West Virginia, it felt like there was a huge deflation type of moment within that game where the shoulders just kind of dropped and body language was really rough. It just felt like, you know, maybe we saw a little bit of quit, which we hadn't uh, so far this year. I was wondering, do you see that carry over into Saturday with LSU? And and it, it definitely seemed like one team wanted it a little bit more than the other one. Yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, yeah, because you find out uh, Friday night, you know, before that game that, you know, Pop and, and Fardos are, are out uh, for, for that game versus LSU and they weren't even on the trip. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, you're right. I mean, and, and again, LSU, they've got good players. Uh, that's a uh, Matt McMahon is their new head coach. He came from Murray State. I think they went 31 and three a year ago at Murray State. I mean, he's been he was at Murray State for I want to say like 18 years or excuse eight years, not 18, eight years. And he'd really built that thing up and they'd gotten they'd had a bit of a run in the NCAA tournament last year. But uh, and they had a really good non-conference schedule. Yeah. 
Uh, I think they went 12 and one, but they've just, they, they've just been reeling right now. And they were kind of basically the, the same equivalent as you were in that they just kind of ran out of gas and were trying to figure things out and just haven't been able to do it. And so one team was going to lose uh, and, and, you know, and then the other team was obviously going to snap their losing streak. And, mm-hmm. and thankfully it was the red Raiders, but you know, and, and, and I think it was impressive just because, you you had to get contributions from a variety of guys because you were missing two of your key ones and specifically pop Isaacs. But I thought it was fairly telling that, you know, whether it's big 12 related or whatever, that Texas tech was favored to beat LSU by about two and a half points. I mean, when I, when I first saw that, I was thinking, I was thinking LSU was going to be favored by three or four as was my, in my mind. Because uh, road games are hard to win. I know people can look at LSU and say, "Hey, man, they're they're terrible. They're bad, and they're not very good." Uh, obviously, but they've got good players and uh, potential NBA guy and KJ Williams that plays down low for them. But uh, road road games are just hard to win. Period. Sure. I don't. You know, it's just difficult to to do that. And I thought Texas Tech kind of commanded the, the whole game. You know, for the most part, there was a few hiccups in the second half where you knew that that was really been, it's been been Texas Tech's issue mm-hmm. since they've hit the skids is not being able to finish games. Uh, they've been able to play well and hang. They just can't make the plays to finish. But uh, I thought Kerwin Walton uh, is finally starting to tap into some of the things that he was brought here to do, namely say shooting so. threes. Yeah, yeah, five of six. I mean – you don't he, win that game without him, obviously. No doubt. And he's been just MIA uh, for so much. And if you're asking him to be a stopper on defense or if you're asking him really to do anything other than be a key component and shoot, uh, catch and shoot on offense, I think you're, you're asking for trouble at some level. But when he's able to get shots off, I mean, they typically go in. Uh, mm-hmm. So because he, he, can, he can shoot it. I mean, there is no doubt. I mean, I've seen him you know, and, and just when nobody's around he just, he can, he can knock down 30 or 40 in a row with no hesitation. I mean, it's pretty impressive, but it's just, he struggles with, you know, uh, the game and everybody else being around and, and, and trying to guard at this level and all those kinds of things. But, uh, anyway, uh, but yeah, it was good to, it, it was good to bounce back and there's so many different, you know, I mean, we could talk about Elijah Fisher, which I thought was very important. Uh, Davion Harmon, I thought Bacho played well. And then O'Banner kind of played to to his identity as well. I think, you know, going back to Walton, we'll get to Fisher and some of the others. But the Walton thing, I, I think, speaks to what this team is this year and how the coaching staff has to adjust. You've been so used in the last four or five years to having to or, or having guys that are kind of Swiss Army knives that you expect to be good offensive players and excellent players. Yeah. Yeah, Excellent defenders. Mm -hmm. But now you almost have to be like, okay, what kind of game is this? This is a game we're going to have to go get offense. So Kerwin Walton has to be in the game or this is a game where we need to defend better. So we need Bacho down low to, to be a rim protector. It's, it it seems like this coaching staff has had those two, two way players. And, and this year you're going to have to coach a little bit more and strategize more for who's on the floor at certain times. Yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, you've got a, a bunch of guys on your team that are good at some things, but f- very flawed in others. And sure. I think trying to mesh it together has been difficult as you've had, you know, to do without uh, a guy or two or three, depending on uh, 
what game it's been because of injury or sickness or whatever, whatever it is. But I think a guy like Kerwin is, you know, if, if he's in there and he can't score for you, then he's not serving a purpose. Right. I think, you know, like we'll, we'll, we'll transition from there to, to like Elijah Fisher. Mm-hmm. The best game as a, as a red Raider was against LSU so far, but not, not even close. I thought, uh, and, and, I'll, and I'll tell you why here in a second, but I mean, he rebounded it well. I think he shared the ball well. He played within himself. He was never trying to do too much because I think he's always been a good defensive player where he struggles is when he tries to do too much on offense or tries to score or tries to, you know, be, be a bigger part of that. And I think at times this team has needed some of that, mm-hmm. but if you're, if you want to play him uh, larger minutes and not, you know, really say you have to score for us, I think you'll kind of like the results there uh, as it, it, the more and more he plays. And I wonder, it was fairly telling that you finished the game with Elijah Fisher yeah. against LSU and Jalen Tyson just couldn't quite get it going. And that's that those were the minutes that, you know, that because I mean, nine rebounds, a couple of steals, five points, a block shot. Um, and I think there was things that Elijah Fisher did that didn't show up in the stat sheet that I thought he just kind of was uh, majored in right place, right time. Uh, I thought he he was he read read a few plays and got a couple of steals as well. I mean, just so it, it was he he helped his team win. Period. And I think uh, I think typically when you're when you're looking at Jalen Tyson, you have him in there to try to help you score, but it was coming from a variety of other places against LSU. And so Elijah Fisher was able to find a role. So where do we go from here? Great question. I, I, I don't really know uh, what that looks like going forward, but it was nice to see Elijah Fisher because there's been times where he just seems overwhelmed. And again, I think part of it is, is he always seems overwhelmed on the offensive end. If he tries to, and he had a couple of putback opportunities against LSU that just it just hanging up on the rim and they, they don't go in. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, just, just like, that how one, is that yeah. Not, oh yeah. Just, it just I mean, sat there on the front yes, of the rim. And yes. But these are, these are like second chance opportunities. These are uh-huh. hustle type things. And if you're, you know, if, if you can live with that and, and I think you'll really like the results, but again, if you need him to score, that's where you're going to get into trouble with him if you're going to lean on him for for heavy minutes. But uh, I don't know how long Pop or Fardos are going to be out. I mean, doesn't look good. <laughs> well, it could be a couple of more weeks, uh, or they could they could one or both could play against uh, Iowa State and Baylor this week. We'll we'll just have to see. But uh, but you know, it, it was just it was just fun for them, those kids and those coaches sure. to you know, feel good about life again, because <laughs> it, it hadn't been a lot of fun uh, for, for them. I mean, you know, uh, it, it's, yeah. it's been tough to watch it, uh, you know, just because it's been hard, man. And like nobody signed up for this and everybody's trying to figure out what buttons to push. And there's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of things that have been said and written about all kinds of things. Absolutely. And, and it all comes down to just uh, losing versus winning. Going back to Elijah Fisher real quick, he was he's been in the rumor mill or the news or whatever because the Instagram that was that was a big thing earlier this week. He removes all Texas Tech signage and the the bio, all of that Texas Tech. What's the concern there? Because obviously he plays a decent amount. Actually played a decent amount against West Virginia. I believe fifteen minutes there. He plays a lot more against LSU. Is there concern there, or what? What do you make I- of that? 
I, I would say this to anybody that is looking at those kinds of things at, at this point, you know, th there's no doubt this roster is going to change uh, in the off season. That's, that's, that's probably going to be the norm, unfortunately. And I don't know what else will change uh, because you're Owen, you're still Owen eight in the big 12 yep. and uh, it, you know, reality is going to set in when you have to play Iowa state and Baylor again, and you've got to figure out ways to beat some really, good basketball teams and it, it doesn't obviously stop there because uh, you still got you got to go to Lawrence and play Texas again and on and on it goes uh, host Kansas State uh, host TCU I mean, there's just so much still left on your schedule but but you know I, I just I, you can't get caught up in that I guess if you're if you're wanting to worry about stuff otherwise you can drive yourself crazy because yeah I, I could see the bulk of this roster coming back and I could see the bulk of this roster leaving I mean, and, and something in between is probably more more close to, to what will actually happen. Uh, but but they're you know when when you lose uh, like they have to this point, if it continues, something will change. I just don't know if it's that is minor, major, uh, somewhere in between that. I mean, you just don't know. But uh, but yeah, typically, you know, uh, you, you know, there's going to be the, some of these guys that want to either go play more or don't like this style or who knows, or, and, and, and it, it's twofold. There may be guys on this team that the coaches don't feel like this doesn't, this doesn't work. This doesn't fit. Uh, we would, we would encourage you to seek more playing time elsewhere. So yeah, I, I, I've, I saw that, uh, he was obviously on the trip to Baton Rouge played a lot, played well. Uh, he seemed the same as he always does. Uh, and so, you know, I don't know what else to, to say there, but, uh, yeah, it, it's, we live in a new time choice with, the, with, the, <laughs> we do. with, we with do. the scrubbing of, of social media, you know, Twitter and TikTok and, yeah. you know, Instagram and all that stuff. It's, 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 it makes it difficult to try to follow what's real and what's not for sure. Um, you know, and it's like prime example, a couple of weeks ago after that game versus, uh, Kansas, you know, Pop Isaacs gets on his Instagram and he's got sunglasses on and it's like the little, it says, I really do have a concussion. And you're, you're <laughs> like, is he being for real? Right. Is he, right. Is he joking. Is he, there's so much it, you have to decipher. Well, and, and, and that's, fan, that's what you want to, and that's, what's tricky. You got to yeah. be careful about uh, taking it at face value because there's a lot of kids out there that joke and yeah. all that. There's a lot of kids that will just tell you straight up, this is what's going on with me or true whatever so who the heck knows man I, I really don't know what the future has in store for elijah fisher or uh, anybody else on this team for that matter so the question now for texas tech basketball and depending when you listen to this there may be already a ga another game played against iowa state but the question is is what next i mean well okay you won a game against a non-conference opponent, and it was a non-conference opponent that's lost seven in a row but you and I talked a week ago or two weeks ago or three weeks ago, just find that first win. Now, can this team stack any sort of success or is, are you what you are in big 12 play? Well, I, I think, um, I, I think maybe you, 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 you go into the Iowa state game with a little confidence. Uh, mm -hmm. I think they, uh, you know, the cyclones got popped uh, pretty good at, at Columbia, Missouri and the big 12 SEC challenge. Uh, you know, they've got back-to-back -back road trips there. They're probably kind of, you know, uh, looking around going, Whoa, you know, cause they, they had been rolling there for a bit and they had a big win over Kansas state earlier in the week. And then they just show up uh, to Columbia, Missouri and get, and get beat. I think by 17 points. Mm -hmm. 
And so I think you probably catch them at a good time in a way. I guess we'll see. Uh, maybe you catch them at a bad time. I don't know. But I mean, they, they just they ran you off of their that, – that's really been the worst game that Texas Tech has played uh, this season was – was in Ames, Iowa, as bad as it was versus West Virginia. I mean, it was yeah. just, it was really rough uh, for a variety of reasons against, uh, against Iowa State. I mean, it was just never close and they just kind of did what they wanted. And it was, it, it was an eye opening experience uh, because the games leading up to that, you had stayed in them, you'd had a chance. That was just a game where you just, you weren't really ever in it. And it's a tough place to play. So I don't know. I don't know what you'll get versus the Cyclones and the, and the Bears. On paper, they are healthier and more talented than you are. Uh, I do think there's a question about Caleb Grill for Iowa State. He's one of their starters playing, and obviously they're still missing Jazz Koontz, who is another key guy. But they've got you know they've got a lot of depth, and they they again I, I said it the first time that Tech played them. They look a lot like you do or did last year. Uh, they're, you're, they're older, they're, they're right. deeper, they're, they're athletic. I mean, it's just a, you know, them in Kansas state kind of took your blueprint from last year and they've seemingly done really, really well with it. So, uh, uh, I, I don't, I don't know what you'll get really. I'm kind of fascinated to see. I don't know. I mean, you, you clearly have some confidence. Maybe Iowa state doesn't come in with as much, uh, you, you owe them one. Does that even matter? I don't know. I mean, I'll, I'll just say this, you know, before we wrap up that kind of conversation, when you hit shots like Iowa State did versus you or like you did versus uh, LSU, everything's better. I mean, you it looks yeah. like you're playing better. It looks like your defense is better. It looks like the coach has called better offense. Um, you know, it's just, it, that's the way basketball goes sometimes. And when you made 11 threes versus LSU and cause one of your, one of your guys really stepped up in Kerwin Walton and he had five of those 11 Davion Harmon hit a couple Kevin O'Banner hit three of them. So that that's 10 of the 11 right there that I just mentioned. But if, if you can, if you can shoot it, well, you've got a chance, even as good as Iowa state is or Baylor will be. But if you don't shoot it well, and you look at one of these stat sheets after the game there's only yeah. a couple of made threes on it uh or whatever it, it, it's probably not going to have gone well because everybody in this league can flat out shoot it and we've seen it unfortunately way too much from the opposition lately so i don't know if i answered your question but that's what i would say yeah and and so much of it if you're just looking at the lsu game it started from the the driving kick and it started from davion mm -hmm. Harmon getting some some uh, penetration yeah, eight, eight assists and he yeah. he was he, he that was his get, best game for sure driving to pass yeah. yeah absolutely and so if you can do that replicate what you did against lsu a little bit more and it, it turns in a completely different offense yep yep and, and i thought i thought Harmon was really good in that you know haxton and i mentioned this in the broadcast multiple times there's times where he really forces it in transition and there's Agreed. there's times when he's phenomenal i mean like he is he is elite in transition, but against LSU at times he, he pulled back a bit and kind of mm -hmm. was smarter about it. And I thought that that was good point guard play uh, from his standpoint, that's him maybe learning or just Agreed. kind yeah. of understanding what, what the situation is a bit better and playing situational basketball a little bit. So uh, to his credit, cause he's all heart, man. He's a great, great personality. Uh, I think he dribbles at times way too much, but I think that there's also not a lot of help around him at times too. Uh, but I, I thought I thought he he really played a well-rounded game against LSU for sure. No doubt about it. So um, Texas Tech basketball this week, again, 
you may have already had a game play, but you play Iowa State on Monday night and uh, road trip to Baylor, which mm-hmm. is one of the hottest teams in the Big 12 right now, yeah. uh, heading down to Waco. So also something this week, again, depending when you listen, you may have a Big 12 football schedule. So that's finally something we've been waiting on and and level. It's just something we haven't had to really ever worry about because you've known the teams you're going to play for 26 some odd years or however long this has been. You've always known who you're going to play next. Even when you're in the old Big 12 North-South rotations, you knew, okay, it's our year to be in Lawrence this year or it's our year to be to have Kansas State at home. It's just we've all been just itching for a schedule because of the unknowns of having four teams you're not going to play. Yeah, um, I, I I think, uh, first of all, you're, you're going to get the schedule early this week uh, because you are, uh, I think the league is contractually obligated to give it to the TV partners by February the 1st. And okay. obviously, uh, there's just a couple more days left here in January. So by Wednesday, and I don't know the time of day or anything like that, if it's, you know, by yeah. the time it strikes midnight or whatever, but I, you, you're going to get this thing uh early early this week on either monday or tuesday and then everybody can sit back and decipher and there'll be a few tweaks to it uh i think uh you know even even later on because the tv networks need it because they they go through their draft and they start building the schedule and building saturdays and thursday nights and friday nights and all the stuff all the tv networks with all the college football games uh, they start and so you know, sometimes around the end of May, mid mid to late May, you may get a few adjustments on, hey, we're going to move this game to a Thursday or the kick times have been announced for for these games or whatever. But, yeah, you're, you're going to get uh, you're going to get your schedule this week. And uh, again, unless I've just gotten bad info uh, and I don't think I have. But again, I just want to make it clear I'm not talking in absolutes. I, I think, uh, and I've, I've kind of maintained this stance, but I don't think you're going to play either school from Oklahoma. Uh, mm-hmm. Last I hear, I don't think you're playing Cincinnati, and I don't think you're playing Iowa State. I think those are the four teams you will not play, yeah, unless it's in a in some sort of Big Twelve championship game, right? Uh, in Arlington, um, I, I, I continue to hear that you're going to go to to BYU. I continue to hear that uh, I believe Central Florida comes here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe I believe Houston, Houston. Will come here. Houston will come here and see the Houston Chronicle reported. Uh, I don't know, six weeks, two months ago that you were going to go to Houston and that was going to be part of the, you know, Houston's uh, schedule and all that. So somebody's wrong, uh, whether it's <laughs> whether it's is. me or the, or the Chronicle. So I'm not sure, but I believe uh, well, that I believe would mean you get three out of the four new teams. If, if that correct, uh, that, that's right. And then I think you do go to Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll, uh, you know, we'll kind of see what we get because the first thing I'm looking at, uh, is a winter bye week. Is there anything weird about the schedule? Are you playing on a mm-hmm. Thursday night? Are you playing? What's it look like on Thanksgiving weekend? Do you, do you open up with two or three in a row at home to start it or on the road to start it or to finish it? I mean, there's all kinds of ways to look at the schedule. Um, and, and, you know, and again, everybody will be looking at everybody's to see, okay, who got right. screwed, who right. got. Yeah, who, who got slighted, who, you know, where did Texas and Oklahoma, what do their road trips look like? You know, do they have to go to any of the new places and all that stuff? And so, yeah, uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see kind of what it looks like and we can start digesting it and making plans for the fall. And with this larger Big 12, any chance 
I guess everything's on the table, but any chance that you see a Texas Tech Thursday night game or maybe even a Friday night game this year? Well, uh, it won't be a Friday night, I don't believe. Okay. I, I do think that they can sprinkle it. I, I think that part of the Big 12 contracts, because you're still under your old contract right now, Correct. that's not, you know, your new one hasn't taken place uh, yet, and that's still a year or two away. But I think I, th- I do think there's a few Thursday night slots, uh, maybe three or four of them. I do think there's a few slots for early conference games, like to where they they switch the conference schedule up and they'll shove. Uh, I think uh, Kansas and West Virginia did this like the second week in January this past season. So you know the, the the some of those kinds of things are on the table. I wouldn't be surprised if they've worked in something with some of the new teams, whether they're playing each other Mm -hmm. or they're playing one of the blue bloods or something at the beginning or whatever to kind of get people excited about some of the newer members. And you kind of see some things and some of that part of it may have not been decided yet because the TV folks don't have the the schedule yet either per per se. So uh, all's on the table, but, uh, but yeah, at least we start uh, with something on paper uh, early this week. It looks like. No doubt. All right. A few questions and we'll uh, close down episode number 23. Start with this one from the, the Twitter level. This one is from the text tech recruiting fan account it says, do we see contract extensions for Kitley and DeRuiter announced soon? That's actually a two-parter and any chance that are any, that any spring practices will be open to the public this year. Uh, I, I won't be surprised about spring practices, some of them being opened. Uh, I think Joey's been very transparent and I think wants to make the program accessible. I think it's a bit tricky in some instances because of all the construction going on. I think mm-hmm. they don't, they don't, uh, if you saw what was released, they don't know where the spring game is going to be. Uh, maybe it's at Lowry Field. Maybe it's, uh, they, they do play it in Midland again. I don't know. And so that, from that standpoint, it may be a bit tricky to have people and have open practices just because of uh, accessibility and parking and all, all those kinds of things. So, so keep an eye on that. Uh, as far as contract extensions, you know, uh, Tony Hernandez, who's no longer working at Texas tech, he, that, that was kind of his role yeah. uh, working on contracts for coaches and uh, not just head coaches, but coordinators and, and, and all and the like. And so, I think his departure maybe could have hit a pause there on on some of that announcement or some of that final either negotiation or just putting pen to paper on some of that. Um, I I had originally heard that I think both coordinators were going to get new contracts uh, or a raise, but I I think I I know it appears that Coach Kitley is, I've kind of heard now that maybe Coach DeRuiter maybe just got uh, an extension and there's not so I, I really don't know there that's mm-hmm. kind of gray area right now it's changed because I think of uh, the departure of uh, Tony Hernandez who I know we all thought a lot of and great to work with and and all that so wish him well yeah yeah and correct me if I'm wrong here on Kitley he's he still gets he's pretty sought after out there by uh, other programs. very much so yeah so, very much so, so. He, he's a guy he's, you want to lock up yeah, he's had he's had seven figure offers before yeah. he uh, got to Tech. Uh, he was, you know, looking at those, and he had somebody from the SEC and multiple others reach yeah. out to his agents and all those kinds of things. And, and this is all, you know, you you can go Google this. This is sure. all out there, and and the football scoops of the world. They kind of had all this, but uh, but yeah, I think Texas Tech trying to keep him happy and keep him here certainly and this is where he wants to be obviously obviously yeah i mean this is his alma mater so home around family obviously Mm -hmm. uh drunk tortilla asks 
is there any truth to Adams missing a bunch of practices or other important events this past year? Or is the, or are those just rumors? I, I can't really, I, I think somebody would have to be a lot more specific on, on that. Uh, I, I, I think, but when you lose, there's just a lot of things said and written. Um, right. I, I've, I've seen a lot of this out there um, and people can kind of do what they want to with all the, all that's been said and written. I just know that that kind of comes with it whenever you start losing and it's, yep. it's just, it's just, you know, it, it's just, uh, yeah. But I, I do, do I know that he's missed a bunch of practices or, or events? I, I really couldn't speak to that. I don't know what his schedule is. I don't know of any practices that he's missed since the season started, but I can't say for sure. Uh, another question from Adam, this one, you mentioned earlier that this is the conclusion of the, the big 12 sec challenge. Yeah. Uh, he asks, is there any chance we see the big 12 and the big 10 get together? Cause isn't yeah. the big 10 and the ACC's contract up too? Yeah. The, the SEC and the ACC are going to start their new challenge beginning next year. I believe it's going to take place, uh, in early December. I don't think it's going to be like a one day, uh, scenario. I don't think, uh, <laughs> Uh, like you've seen with the Big 12 and the SEC Challenge. And in fact, I think that that could be the end of that sort of scenario hmm. uh, just in any of these challenges. I think it's very difficult to, you know, and I think ESPN was kind of the ringleader there. Right. They have the primary rights to both conferences and they're like, let's just let's just ramrod this deal and we'll just kind of take over the networks and yep. give everybody some good basketball and we'll give them 10 games and stagger them over ESPN, ESPN2, and then uh, ESPNU over that day. And that's what was unique. I think coaches like it, but they don't like it. It's tricky, but right. Answer that question. Yes. I believe that the, the strong rumor is that the big 12 and the big 10 have already begun conversations. I don't believe that if they come to an agreement, I don't believe that it's going to be in place for next season. I think it would begin the year after that. Okay. Uh, but I think that the big 12 in a, in some sort of challenge would be very attractive to either the PAC 12 or the big 10, uh, from a basketball standpoint, because you're not getting any worse uh, by adding the the Houston's of the world to, to, to your sure. basketball sure. league, um, you're you're adding one of the best programs in the country, and I think you're losing, you know, Texas and Oklahoma, who have kind of had their moments, but uh, yeah, you're not going to go backwards, that's for sure. No doubt about it. Yeah, it's a Big Twelve is extremely attractive in basketball. And, yeah, and I would say too, I, I believe that the, what I've kind of heard is that Big Twelve. Uh, and and Big Ten, that would be in a, a December, early December, and it, and it would span over potentially a period of time. And I wouldn't also be surprised to see if Fox uh, yeah. is heavily involved there because uh, for the same reasons I just told you about the, um, the Big 12 and the SEC, I believe Fox has got obviously a lot of the rights there and, and has accumulated mm -hmm. more of those in their new, in their new contracts. So right. that's kind of what uh, – what my expectation would be. So we'll see kind of what we get. And, and when you think about it, the big 10 offers up a lot more attractive options than the sec does in most years. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, Iowa, Michigan state, Michigan, Indiana, uh, I think Ohio state, yep. I mean, you know, the, the Wisconsin's in some year, I mean, you know, so there's, there's some, some fun games for sure to be had. Last question for you. This one is from Tommy it says uh, for Baseball, which, by the way, level is less than three weeks away. For Texas Tech baseball, is this another Omaha or bust year, or should we have lower expectations because of so much roster turnover? 
I hope the weather changes quickly because it's like 30 degrees outside. <laughs> yeah, right not now. quite so, baseball yet. Weather yeah, yet. It, it's uh, yeah. Look out there. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't. I, I think Tim Tadlock, though, once you kind of crack the code there and you end up in Omaha as many times as they have and really have uh, competed for the the conference championship. And I think that absolutely that's the it's kind of that that's the it, it's very difficult to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, you It's like the final four. You got to be a little lucky. I do think the baseball postseason, this is tricky to say, it's the easiest of, of the postseasons to get to where you want to go. And here's why I say this. They have more teams there, and mm-hmm. you never – if you're really good, you never have to play a road game to get to that point. Right. That, that That's just totally unique compared to any other uh, postseason out there. But it is difficult to do. Uh, and but they finally yeah. changed the rule this year where there's no more uh, stupid road games – at your home field. I know. They, yeah, you, I'm yeah, glad they got rid of that one. If you're home, you're home. Yeah, yeah that's you right. You finally yeah. get to be the home team at home. Always. Instead of switching dugouts and yeah. all these different things <laughs> in these regionals. But yeah, I, I think I think Coach Tadlock, I don't know if he would necessarily agree with it, but I think he would. That's the expectation. I mean, that's kind of where, yeah. where they're at. I mean, it's, you know, they're, they're going to be pre- ranked in the preseason. They're picked, I think, third in the Big 12. And, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I think that's just, that's just where this program is at. I don't think yeah. you want to, like, you know, back off of any sort of expectations. So yeah, you're darn right. It's Omaha or bust. Level, eventful, fun. Uh, glad you got to experience a win this past weekend. Maybe <laughs> we get, uh, maybe we get another one this week. It'd be kind of fun. Uh, yeah. Well, winning, winning is better than losing always. Yes. Yeah. So I know it's not kind of fun. It is fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, I've taken it for granted over the last several I years. I know we all have, this has been hard, but uh, but it's it's just the league is a is a freaking load, man, as we all know. So <laughs> it is. It is. Lovell, have a great week, man. All right, you too, man. Appreciate it. Thanks, Woodman. That's Chris Lovell. I'm Choice Woodman. You've been tuned in to the Ask Level Podcast, brought to you by Double T 97.3. You've been listening to the Ask Level Podcast, powered by Double T 97.3.